if we just fix that one thing, go from 20% to 40%, which is just the baseline industry standard, like you'll double your revenue just by focusing on that leverage point. Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Hello and welcome back to episode 23. It's good to have you guys here. And I just want to say, calling all coaches. Are you listening? I hope you are, because this episode is absolutely for you. Whether you're a consultant or a coach and you essentially help people through your knowledge, you're going to want to tune into this episode. I want to introduce you to my incredible guest, Luke Charlton. Now, he is sort of nicknamed the Aussie Hermit, which I quite loved. I love that. You know, that's like the pinnacle of getting away from the hustle culture, isn't it? So let me just tell you a little bit about Luke. So he's basically known for helping coaches scale their businesses using advertising. And he's an extraordinary copywriter as well. So he's helped over a thousand coaches grow their businesses with paid advertising. I'm sure that number is much higher now. Along with that, he's been featured on the front cover of Six Figure Coach Magazine. He's spent well in excess of $16 million on advertising in his own agency. He's helped his clients generate over $50 million in sales. He's written winning ads and come up with world-class offers for people such as Bob Proctor, Mike Dillard, Neil Patel, Grace Lever, and many, many, many more, you guys. He is also changing how he does his business and getting smarter with how he runs his business. So not only is he excellent at helping coaches to scale and grow and be smarter with their growth, he's doing the same for himself, which you'll hear about a little bit later in the show. So guys, are you ready? Hey, coaches, are you ready? Consultants, anyone that's trading their knowledge for money, this is for you and anyone else, because you're going to love what he has to say for his tips on overwhelm too. Let's welcome Luke to the show. Here we go. Well, welcome to the show, Luke. I'm really excited that you're here, especially based on our conversation that we just had before I hit record. Hello. Hey, yeah, we basically just did a whole podcast episode. Right. <laughs> Hopefully we can remember what we were saying because it was pretty good. Frantically taking notes. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really happy that you're here because so many of our people that listen to this podcast are coaches. Yep. And I know that that's who you help. So And I already know that you're going to come from a very different angle than I think a lot of people out there that are like, hey, guys, let's get you appointments. Let's fill your funnels, blah, blah, blah. I think you're going to come from it from a quite different angle. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, hopefully. I don't know. Let's see where we start. Let's see where (laughs) we start. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You could take this one of two ways. Now, I know just based on what you told me, you're shifting your business a little bit, but also you are particular with who you help and how you grow their businesses as well. So take this question how you want it. But the question is, what are three tips for growing a business, yours or others, with less of that hustle and grind? Three tips for growing a business with less of the hustle and grind. Okay. I think the first one is a more of a, a mindset one and it sounds boring. I guess all the all the good advice is boring is what I've learned, right? And this is what I I think what's made me quote unquote successful in my field is that I focus on the things that are maybe not as sexy but we all know that we should be doing right. So when a client comes to see me to book them appointments with advertising, 
um, like okay, the first step is we have to get clear on your avatar, right? Everyone knows that you have to create an avatar, right? And then we have to craft your offer. Everyone knows you have to have a good offer. But like my, a lot of my clients don't take the time to actually do that fully. They try to like, I don't yeah. know if I can swear half ass at different things, but yeah. But yeah, like there's fundamental stuff, right? And yes, there is nuance and you do need some skill to do that. But I find that that when people start talking about those fundamentals, they often switch off, but that's what makes you successful. So anyway, coming back to your question, how to get more done with less hustle. One of the big things that has helped me is learning how to say no more so than saying yes. I think it's, as I was saying before, we hit record, like my to-do list, maybe like eight, nine years even, I've been doing this for about 10 years now. There was always something on my to-do list every single day. Like There was always, you know, and in the beginning, yes, there will be a lot to set up, like maybe you want to set up some automations or whatever you want to do. So yes, there are things to do in the beginning of the business, obviously. But my to-do list these days is literally like I might have one or two items that might be like review a sales letter or, you know, create some type of SOP for my business. But it's a lot shorter than what it used to be. And I think a big part of that is saying no to a lot more things than saying yes to. I think sometimes we feel like if we're not busy, then we're not moving, like things aren't happening. But saying no to most things and then really important skill set is to saying yes, those small things that are going to move the needle in, in the biggest way possible. So for me, for example, it's, this is a really great example is when clients come to see me, right? They go, okay, look, what I want to do is I want to set up, you know, these retargeting ads, yeah. right? And I want to do all these fancy automations. And they haven't even got their offer converting yet, but they want to set up like, you know, retargeting ads to an offer that doesn't even convert. I'm like, an example, like a retargeting ad is that's like a 1% thing that might get you maybe one or two extra appointments a month, but because they've heard some guru talk (laughs) about it, they want to get it set up right. And this is the thing that people are saying yes to, like, I've got to get this and I've got to get this other little 1% to set up and this other little 1% it's like, no, you just say no to all of that. All of those little tricks and tactics, focus on the highest leverage points, which is as I said, get clear on your target market, who's your dream client or customer. And then number two is just, okay, create a great offer. That's what you would want to do in the first instance in business. Like, are you selling a really great offer to your market? That's the most important in business. Whether you're a brick and mortar store or a coach, e-commerce, you need to know your market very well. You need to know what problem you're solving in the first instance and then how your solution fits in with that problem. It's not the other way around. It's not create a product and then see who we can sell it to. It's go to the market first and see yep. what their pain points are and how they're describing their problem and going, yeah, I can help you solve that problem with this product. I love that. Anyway, so that's the first step. And then the second step is, okay, let's have a good solid sales process. Just like, what are we going to do to sell it? Is it going to be a webinar? Is it, if it's an e-commerce store, it's like, what landing page are we sending them to? And does that describe the product clearly enough, right? So these like big leverage points and just focusing on, we've all heard it before, the 80, 20, right? And if you do that, if you take your uh, approach to business in just the big leverage points, then you will have a lot less to do on your to-do list. And then, that, like I was talking to my business partner today, because I'm helping her, I did the sales team building side of things and running ads for our other business. And she focused on the products, right? And we just started working together. She's really excited because now she can, you know, she's got a program that we're selling, helping women with finance. and. She's excited because now she can actually spend more time on those one percenters, right? We've already got the offer selling. It's doing very well. But she wants to add things like gamification, right? right. Adding quizzes to the course. Yeah. Like that's not the things that you need in the beginning. You just need to sell your product in the first instance. Like what? So true. Yeah. So saying no to most things and just focusing on the 80-20 in the beginning. And if you do that, you'll find that you actually have 
you get way better results because you're implementing the things that actually count to get you whatever it is, traffic, sales, you know, happy customers. And then, yeah, sure, when you have a, a bigger team, you can get them to do the one percenters, but the business owner shouldn't be doing those things. Hustling is about, I guess that's the first point, is focus on the 80-20. Say no to most things that don't move the needle that much. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I wanted to ask you on that, actually. How do you run yeses and nos through your own filters, whether it's for your business or helping your clients? Like, Because here's the thing, when you're growing your business, you don't know what you don't know, right? And yeah, you're attacked by noise and gurus and shiny object syndromes and all that. How do you actually know what to say no to? (laughs) Yeah, that's a really great question. So it depends on whether the, you know, my client is in their business, right? Mm. So if they're just starting out, well, as I said, the first step is what's your niche? Like, who's your dream client? And then let's craft an offer. But if they're more established, what I do is I just, you know, because the numbers don't lie, right? So I go, okay, how much are you spending on ads? What was the cost per click? How many appointments did you get? How many actually showed up? How many did you close? What was the cash collected? How many did a you know split payment or whatever? How many of those went into your back end, you know, back end program or whatever? So I just get all the numbers. And just from that, I can tell very quickly, you know, this is too low. Just from industry standard doing this for so long, I can go, okay, that's yeah. way too low. Your show up rate is too low. We need more people to show up to your calls. So that to answer your question, I just look at their numbers uh. through each part of their process. And then I, okay, this is the biggest leverage point right here. Your show up rate is 20%. It should be at about, for your market, about 60% or whatever it is, right? So that's a big problem. We need to fix that bottleneck. Or it could be, like I was speaking to a client, very successful coaching business doing like 400K a month. And their closing rate is like 18% or something. Right. That's 18%. On a, so they do a two-step close, right? So they get someone to jump on their phone first, qualify them, and that qualified person is then put on the salesperson's calendar and their salespeople are only converting at like 18%. That second call should be converting at about 40 or 50% for a qualified person in that second step. For a one-step close, it's about 20 25%, but this is a two-step close. So that second call needs to be higher. So again, that's a big leverage point. And I said, if you just get that, if we just fix that one thing, go from 20% to 40%, which is just the baseline industry standard, like you'll double your revenue just by focusing on that leverage point. So this is what I mean. Now that we know that, clear everything off the schedule. Don't worry about the retargeting ads. Don't worry about the gamification. Don't worry about what people are saying in Facebook group. You know, just do that. Fix the sales script. That's one of the first things that I'm doing with that client. Let's just fix the sales script. There are other like kind of small leverage points in the funnel that are not doing as doing okay, but that's the biggest problem in their whole marketing and sales ecosystem at the moment is their closing rate. So yeah, I think a big part for me is the numbers. But if the coach is brand new, they don't have any numbers generally. They might get be getting one or two appointments. Then I just use the standard, okay, well, you need to fix to market, offer, let's launch a, a new funnel for you. Do you know they don't have a funnel? So yeah, get started so you can actually get the numbers. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. 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 I love that you mentioned numbers because you're right. Data doesn't lie, does it? I don't lie because my clients tell me. <laughs> My client's just complaining about, you know, lead quality of these people are not closing. Okay, so I said, send me how many appointments have you had over the last 30 days? Something like 64 appointments booked in. Her shop rate, was, it's not great. It's like about 40 something percent. So I think she spoke to 25 of those 60. Yep. Of the 25, and this is B to C, so the shop rate's going to be a lot lower in B to C. Then from that 25, seven were qualified and got booked in to a second call. So as I said, I know from that, 
if seven got booked in, she should have at least had two to three clients based on industry standard. And I said to her, look, without even going into your sales script and knowing anything about the sales, I can tell just from these numbers that you've spoken to seven qualified leads in that second call and they've already spoken to her once and they've watched homework and all this stuff. I know that there's something wrong with your sales process. And so then I dived into that. And what was happening was she wasn't following the scripts, oh. right? She wasn't following the training. She was letting people off the phone. She wasn't clearly communicating how her program could help the prospect. So there was a breakdown in the sales process. And I didn't actually need to review any of her calls or anything or a sales script, but I have since then. But I just could tell from the numbers, like as I said before, the numbers do not lie. Yeah. And that's the beauty about numbers because my clients can tell me all this stuff about, you know, low lead quality. And I just go, well, no, I can. You can see <laughs> through I them. I can tell something's not working. And it's always the case. I've spoken to some financial advisors before and a, a bookkeeper and accountants on this show before. And like they always say, financial intelligence numbers is everything when you are in that scale phase of your business. So I love that you're coming from this angle in the marketing piece as well. So I'm going to recap the three points I think you said. I'm going to make sure I got these. So number one, to grow your business with less hustle is to say no more often. So really filter mm-hmm. it through the yes opportunities and know when to say no. And that's going to vary depending yeah. on where you are in your business. Like you said, if you're a startup, get some shit going first and then obviously yeah, yeah, click yeah, the yeah, numbers exactly. grow. Yeah. Number two was to create a great offer. And then number three was to really get that good sales process down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So in the beginning of your business or if you're not sure what your like the leverage points are for you, yeah. I would speak to a mentor. You know, to get you that focus, one of the good things about going to someone who's already done what you have done is that like they can look at all of your business, your numbers or whatever it is and go, okay, this is what you need to do first and this is what you need to do second. So they will give you those leverage points. So if you're ever unsure, you know, because we can only talk about so much on this podcast and every kind of business is different, but hiring a mentor that has done what you have done and be, you know, we've all all hired bad mentors, right? Bad, you know, gurus. (laughs) And so you do your due diligence, do a lot of research on this person, make sure that they have worked with businesses specifically for you. So if you're a hair salon, go and find someone that's an expert at growing hair salons, not just someone that's an expert at growing businesses in general, like specifically like hair salons, because there's nuances to different businesses. Yes. So do your research, find out how legit they are, and then invest your money and follow their advice. Well said, Luke. Love it. Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, Six Things Your Website Needs to Get More Customers, or download The Ultimate Checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. I'm speaking of mentors because I know that that's a big part of what you do as well. I always like to ask for a bit of a case study because I find that how we describe how we work with our clients to be quite interesting and we're all quite different with that too. So I would like you to think of somebody perhaps that you're working with now, because I know you have some really exciting projects on the books. What's a really cool case study that you can share before and after? What did you do for this particular person with their business? Yeah. So 
There's this book called Hundred Million Dollar Offers by Alex. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Good one. <laughs> so we've all read it. But yeah, this is the stuff that I've been helping coaches with. And and what he talks about in that is obviously the power of an offer. It's called Hundred Million Dollar Offers. I have a client that basically she was doing about 150 to 200K a month in sales, depending on the month. And we changed just one sentence in her campaign. Yeah. And she went from 150K to over 600K a month. One sentence. Yeah. So what we did was basically improve her offer. So just for some context. Yeah. She helps people who want to start their own e-commerce store. So she's like an agency. She'll do a lot of the technical setup for you. And then she will coach you on how to run your like drive traffic to your website and sell products. So basically, her original campaign was just a lead magnet, like getting people. And then her email list said, hey, we'll help build your e-commerce store. That was basically the offer at the end of each email. And that's what generated her appointment. So she just built her list and simple email follow-up, which is great. What I did is I said, you know what, if if you I think we can create a better offer, you know, because you've got some amazing results. I asked her, like, how long does it typically take you to get results in your like with your program, she's like, oh, you know, generally it's about, you know, 60 to 90 days to set it up and start seeing revenue. I said to her, look, if the person follows the program all the way through and they follow your advice, could you guarantee that they get to a 10K a month business within 90 days? And she said, yes, if they follow the steps of, this, of the plan and follow, then yes. So basically the offer was, I'll basically build an e-commerce store for you that generates 10K a month within 90 days or I'll give you a refund. That was the offer. Yeah. And obviously, there's stipulations to that they have to actually go into the program and show up to the coaching calls and stuff. So the person can't just sit back and do absolutely nothing. So that's kind of in the contract. But if you follow the advice and you don't get the results, we'll give you the... Anyway, so I just ran an ad that just said that, hey, here's who I am and here's the like the offer. I'll, I'll do this for you. I'll get you to 10K a month within 90 days of your money back. Yeah. So that filled her calendar and and basically triple quadruple their business like we actually had to turn off the campaign at one stage it was it was too just <laughs> a bit too stressed out with all the extra oh clients. my god that's like the power of a good offer yep and when i say good offer like what i don't like about books like this like the alex homozi book is it's not really about the offer as i said that's the second step the first step is is actually knowing your market because it's offer is second the first step is to know your market inside out find what their biggest pain points are what they are actually looking for and then you give them that, okay? So an, an example of that is copywriters, like really good copywriters. That's kind of like my main skill set is copywriting. Yeah. And I did a lot of studying copywriting over the years. And what very successful copywriters would do, right, is they would go to a market, like pick any market and research it inside and out and find the biggest pain points. And then after they knew the market, then they, what they would do is they would go and write a sales letter, not even create a product. They would write a sales letter that would be like the perfect product for that particular market. And they would write all the most amazing benefits. And then after that, they would try and create a product, right, that would match whatever that sales letter is, right? And any feature or benefit that they couldn't like create because it was too fantastical or whatever, they would just delete from the sales letter, right? So what they did first is they went to the market, they learned it, and then they created a product after learning the market. And that's all I did. It wasn't really about sitting here with a blank bit of paper and just like, oh, what's an, I actually went to the market and go, what would the market really want? Like they would want us to kind of do most of the work for them. They'd want it guaranteed or, or re, because this market is, it's quite a B2C market. It's not, these aren't business owners that we're advertising to. 
Yeah. So I just went and I kind of learned more about the market and then I just gave them an offer that they want. So if you want to create a great offer or any marketing, really, the secret, good copywriting to good messaging is you go to the market first and they will actually tell you what they want. And then all you have to do is just give it to them. So just write a message that reflects back what they're asking for. Brilliant. And you were basically with this client of yours, she already was doing this stuff, but you just looked at it from a different angle and said, let's package it and talk about it in this way. Yeah. Yeah. Really smart. And you are a great copywriter because I have scoped out your website. Oh, just... and <laughs> look, your about page is pure gold, the hermit hole, <laughs> your Facebook group, right? <laughs> yeah. Guys, we'll give you Luke's website at the end of our chat, but you should just go. And it's very like Miami Vice to the design. I loved it. Yeah, it's called Synthwave. It's like a... Synthwave, yes. It's like those 80s posters that yeah. you used to get or yeah. I used to get and hang on my yeah. bedroom. <laughs> gold. Loved it. So I want to transition a little bit to a bit of a mindset hack. So if you think around times of overwhelm, I can listen. Let's zero in on yourself, actually, because I know you've been going through this and you've just recently transitioned. Yeah. Let's talk to that a little bit because you've made some big shifts in your business too and what you do. So talk to me about overwhelm. Talk to me about the shifts that you've made and kind of why that's come to fruition. Yeah. So I'm someone that I'm not sure why this is, but when I bring on a new client, I feel very, very responsible for, I mean, they're paying me, you know, good money to get results for them, but I take on a lot of that responsibility. And I get very stressed out when, you know, when results don't come as quickly as I would like, right? And so I think, okay, how can we do this? And, and I've never not been able to get my clients' results, which is good, but I still get stressed out. Like I get, uh, take on a lot of, as I said, a lot of that responsibility and a lot of, I do get overwhelmed from that. And that's actually a big reason why I'm not wanting to scale my agency because I like just, I like going deeper with like getting things going with a client and then going deeper on their business and then scaling it up from there. Yeah. But one of the things that I have felt that helps me a lot, right? Because sometimes we can get stuck in our head when things aren't, we build up a problem in our head that's maybe not as big as what it probably, you know, other people, it's not that big. To us, we, we feel like it's bigger. Well, it is bigger in our minds when we build it up. So what really helps me to, and it's very, very simple to kind of get rid of that anxiety or overwhelm is it sounds really simple, but it's literally just to create a plan and act on a certain plan. So for example, if I'm launching a new campaign for a client, we've spent like, you know, a few hundred dollars and there's no appointments that have come in and I'm kind of like, okay, what's next? I can sit there and kind of procrastinate, but what actually helps is if I sit down and go, here's the next steps, here's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to write this. We're going to create a new angle. We're going to, whatever it is, write a new ad with a new angle. I'm going to relaunch yep. it. And just that act of putting in a plan in place and taking some action steps towards it, I find, because it's weird, it's like it's almost like, okay, I've got a new strategy, there's hope, like there's hope for like a, a new result, if that makes sense. It does. And that makes me feel way less stressed, just doing that, just writing down the action plan and just doing the first few steps on that, whatever it is. So I'm not sure if that's what you're looking for, but... No, it is. What you've kind of said to me is extracting what's up in your brain, yeah, putting it on paper, and it... It helps to clear out that brain talk as well and just like it makes things a little bit more tangible. You look down and you have a, a bit of a, oh, this is the plan. Okay, well, I don't have to be so stressed anymore. I know yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, right. Yeah. yeah, taking it out of your head and putting it on paper is really big. Yeah. It sounds small, but it helps a lot. Yeah. No, it does. I mean, like we had a chat before we hit record and you were talking about sometimes 
think you were saying about simplicity, right? Like it's sometimes the simplest things that you can do. Like some of the things that you do seem so simple, almost stupid simple, you know, but they're really, really important. Yeah. And they're the ones that actually remove overwhelm and help you grow your business. So. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be a very complex solution. No, it doesn't. Does it? I mean, it really does not have to be complex. And that's a lot of conversations I have with other entrepreneurs is just that. I mean, everyone's fighting for simplicity. And that's the hardest thing to do, especially with the noise that we're presented with. There's yes. so much noise. And now we have AI creating more noise. Yeah. I was just talking to a client this morning, actually, and her thing is like <laughs> AI because she helps coaches as well. Yeah. And she has a system that gets appointments using AI. So creating a whole campaign around that. So yeah. Crazy, isn't it? I'd love to know how that one goes because I've been hearing a lot of that right now, the AI appointment generation. So I know, I know. Yeah. I said to her, so we've got to, we've got to get on it because it's the new hot thing. So. It's the new hot thing. It's easy to get results when you have something kind of new and or unique and different for the campaign. I'm probably like you, Luke, in the fact that I have like so many emails because I'm big into marketing as well. And I literally have folders set up with emails coming in because so I can study subject lines and everything. You know, people are talking yeah. about pulse on the trend. And I think like 40% of emails right now I'm getting are all about AI. So. Oh, really? See, I'm not subscribed to any email oh, list anymore. You simplify, smart. Yeah, I, I studied copywriting for heavily yeah. for maybe like seven years, like really heavily, like yeah. daily basically. And so now how I learn is just through feedback from my own campaigns. Like I can tell what's working, what isn't working in the marketplace by the ads that I run. And that's at the end of the day, that's the only way you can tell. You can do as much studying as you want. You can learn, you read this book as many times as you want, how to craft an offer. But until you actually run your campaign, so I'm getting like in the trenches feedback and that's the best type of, that's where you learn the most. So I don't really study copywriting that much anymore. I've done many years of that. Who were some of your greats? Who did you learn from? Probably my most favorite copywriting book is by Eugene Schwartz. It's called Breakthrough Advertising. Yes. I've read that one a few times, but that's quite a dense copywriting book. To I wouldn't recommend that as the first copywriting book that you might get scared of. But that, that book you can buy for about 130 bucks. I think it's from breakthroughadvertisingbook.com. It used to be like $1,000 on eBay because it was out of print. But then Brian Kurtz brought it back. He bought the rights and brought it back. Anyway, that's a great book. Yep. Another like all the standard ones, Claude Hopkins, Gary Halbert. You can look, look up the Gary Halbert newsletters. They're free. That's a free resource that you can charge for. They're great. Yeah. Joe Sugarman, Ogilvy, not as much, but Ben Settle in terms of email. I'm on his newsletter actually. I haven't read it in two years, but I'm still paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> so again, that's another thing, right? I just, I need to cancel that. But yeah, I think it's more of a focus thing because I... In the beginning, when I wasn't getting as good results, I knew I needed to upskill my skills. So that's why I yeah. invested heavily. But now that I don't need to do that, I find that, yeah, I guess it's, as I said, my to-do list is not as long as it used to be in the beginning. It's a bit more focused now as well. I want to talk to that a little bit, actually, around the whole learning and doing concept. Yeah. It's a tricky one because business owners do need to upskill. They do need to stay on top of yeah. certain things. But there's that danger of learning too much. Yeah, well, as I said before, it's not like for me, it's not a leverage point anymore, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I could get 1% better. Like, is that real? Like to exactly. go back over subject lines and writing bullets a little bit better. It's not even a 1%. This would be a 0.001% thing for me because I'm so knowledgeable on this subject. It's not a leverage point for me. 
I'm sensing it's a theme for people that are listening to this that they actually need to hear somehow that perhaps maybe some of you guys listening need to hear that you need to stop learning so much. And that (laughs) the theme for you has been testing and doing and letting the market tell you what they want, right? Yeah. Being with a mentor to guide you as well. There's a great, I don't know who said this, it wasn't me. I don't know if it was like some like a Seth Godin or some, it's some kind of big name expert. He said, you know, we entrepreneurs, it's like need to know, like, what is it, need to know content? It's like we're reading content that we could use someday yep. versus consuming content that we need right now. Right. So let's say that I found out that I needed to work on my sales process because that was breaking out. Okay. So I'd jump in and go through some sales books or whatever to upskill that. But I think most of the time, us entrepreneurs, we're just reading whatever it is, copywriting books, business books, just as a, as a nice to know versus a need to know. Yeah. So need to know knowledge that you would need to use right now, that's better versus, oh, nice to know I could use this in the future at some stage. That type of, I don't think any of us have that type of spare time, but we, the content we consume is we're treating our time like that a lot of the time as we listen to and or read nice to know knowledge versus need to know. Excellent point. Thank you. Yes. I knew there was something in there that people needed to hear. (laughs) Yes. Is there any last thoughts or things that you want to share with the listeners around our conversation today that have sort of come out and percolated as we've gone along? No, not really. I think I said pretty much. Said what you needed to? Everything was on my mind. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those tips. There's some great themes around there, getting a mentor, letting the market and the numbers tell you versus getting hung up on the crazy to-do lists and the sort of yeah. nice to know knowledge, really. So excellent. Right. And I know that there's going to be coaches listening and they're going to be like, okay, how do I work with Luke? And I know you're incredibly particular. So why don't we finish by two things? Number one, who do you work with or who would you like to work with? And then also number two, how do people learn more about you? Yeah. So generally who I work with now are coaches that are a bit more established that are already running an advertising campaign, yep. um, helping them scale their ads. So if that's you, I'll give two different call to actions. That is, that's not a, a copywriting best practice is you only ever want to give one call to action. So I'm going to go against that. <laughs> so for the more, like if you're already running ads and what I'll offer your audience, Heather, is for that type of coach is a free consult, like a one-on-one consulting chat just to see if I can help yeah. initially. So just a one-hour call with me and I might just give you some ideas on how to improve your campaigns. And if you want that, just go to lukesfreegameplan.com they'll just take you straight to my calendar. And I don't do sales calls anymore. So I said this just for your Thank you. audience. So that's lukesfreegameplan.com. But the other coaches, I like I have a podcast. Um, uh, it's near daily and uh, an email list with a lot of great information. That's for newer coaches. So just go to, to get on my email list, go to nineemailoffers.com. You'll get a free guy that has these nine email offers and you'll get on my email list, which has a lot of great information on how to grow how new coaches can kind of start and scale their business with advertising and my podcast. You'll learn about that one from my list as well. But that's all for kind of newer coaches. I just, I've been more established coaches listen to that as well, but I just like to give away free content now to the newer coaches in the, because I don't work with them too much anymore. Yes. So I have to get it out. I don't know what, you're probably similar. Like, you know, you, you, we have so much great knowledge. I, I'm like, I can't die with all of this. I've no. got to get that somewhere. So it's kind of like my outlet. I love that you said that. I love that you said that. Yeah, because you, man, I I can tell the wealth of knowledge that you have. It's just, it's quite mind-blowing. So thank you for sharing the two options, whether guys, you're listening and you're more established, you want to reach out to Luke, or you're just kind of launching on the launch pad and you want to get some content under your belt. Both are very generous offers. So 
Thank you, Luke, for this amazing chat. I've had a great deal of fun listening and learning from you. And I'm sure our listeners and our viewers over on YouTube have as well. So thank you for being here. No worries. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Hey, Hustle Rebels. If you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com. It's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.